Uh, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3. And our text is one verse. Verse 16. First Timothy 3.16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. That's the mystery of godliness. It starts by saying, and without controversy. Godliness, what the world calls religion, is full of controversy. It's completely full of controversy. It's a subject nobody wants to bring up. Don't bring up religion. That's just too full of debate. It's full of dispute. It's controversial. Well, you know, this is who I say God is. Well, this is who I say God is. Well, I think God is like this. Well, I think God is like this. Controversial. The truth about who God is and what God is like is actually without controversy. It's completely without controversy. The Lord has revealed through His Word the mystery of His will. This mystery of godliness, and He calls it the Gospel of the Kingdom. The Gospel is not to be argued with anybody. We don't argue the gospel. It's to be declared. It is not to be argued. It's without controversy. I have no interest in arguing the gospel with anybody. Defending it, yes. Arguing it, no. It's to be declared. If the Spirit moves, then that's of the Spirit. And if the Spirit does not move, then that's of the Spirit. But it's not to be argued, it's to be declared. It says in verse 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. That is the subject. The mystery of godliness. Until the Lord reveals this mystery to a person, it remains a mystery. It has to be revealed of the Lord. And until the Lord does it, it remains a mystery. I, I believe I've told you this before. I heard a woman, I worked for Home Depot for a while, and I heard a woman ask this question in the break room. Why are we here? I'll never forget that. Somebody point blank said, why are we here? Where did we come from? That's what the whole world wants to know. The whole world wants to know the answer to that question. 
you know, you can turn on National Geographic or the Discovery Channel or A&E. I have seen tons of documentaries. Documentary after documentary. Um, what is the origin of life? Did man evolve? How was the earth formed? When was the earth formed? Is there a God? Who is God? Who was Jesus Christ? They say was. Who was Jesus Christ? Did He rise from the grave? If He did, how does this affect me? What is going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? That's what they want to know. These things are a complete mystery to the world. But they are not a mystery to those whom the Lord has opened their eyes, opened their ears, opened their understanding through His Word, revealed Himself to them in the mystery of His will. It's not a mystery anymore. What is the origin of life? It's not a what. It's a who. Jesus Christ is the origin of life. Did man evolve? No. Well, wait a minute. Let's argue that for a minute. No. How was the earth formed? Jesus Christ spoke it into existence. When was the earth formed? according to our Scripture, about 6,000 years ago. I don't believe for one minute anybody has found a rock that's 80 billion years old. Is there a God? Yes. Ask somebody who's left this world. Who is God? Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? God. Did He rise from the grave? Absolutely. How does this affect man? It's the center of His whole universe. All of our hope is built on the fact that Jesus Christ arose from the grave. What's going to happen to man? That depends on if he's in Jesus Christ or not. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. This is without controversy. Somebody might say, prove that. Well, the Lord God already has. In verse 16, He says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh. Turn over to Revelation Chapter 19. He was manifest in the flesh. Revelation 19. <clears throat> in Genesis 1, Genesis 1 1, the Lord starts this book <clears throat> by saying, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God created. And then he goes on to expound that God created everything in the heaven, 
and he created everything in the earth. Is there a God? Yes. There is. Who is God? Well, whoever was in the beginning, the first one, and created everything in heaven and everything in earth, that's God. That's who God is. Revelation 19, verse 1 says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Verse 11 says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called... This is God's name. The Word of God. That's His name. Now let's turn to John 1. John chapter 1. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. That's who God is. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. God is male. He's not female. I told you this before. I know I told you before. I was at a wedding in a man was conducting the wedding and he prayed to God and he clothed it with whomever he or she may be. Well, that's not a mystery. God is a male. All things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. He is the origin of life. That's where life started. And the life was the light of men. Verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh. God was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. We saw Him. We saw what God looks like. And this is what God looks like. It says, We beheld His glory, the glory as of... This is what He looks like. The only begotten of the Father. God looks like the Son of God. Jesus Christ is God. God the Father said to God the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever. You know, people will accept anybody being God but Jesus Christ. Anybody's allowed to be God but Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is God and He was manifest in the flesh. Our text in 1 Timothy 3, 
Verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit. Turn over to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. And look at verse 13. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And John saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and it light and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The gates of heaven were opened to him. It says he was justified in the Spirit. God the Father in heaven sent God the Spirit on him to prove I am well pleased with all his works. Perfection. Absolute perfection. Sinless. Completely sinless. There have been some who have slandered the Lord's character. There was a movie made recently that suggested that the Lord actually might have committed a sin. It's not so. It did not happen. Psalm... 24, just listen to this. Psalm 24, you know this. It says, uh, verse 3 through 5 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands, completely clean hands, and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. Clean hands. Pure heart. Sinless. God the Father said perfect. And He sent His Spirit to justify Him. And John said, I saw it happen. You cannot see the Spirit. It's invisible. The Spirit is like the wind. It bloweth whithersoever it listeth. Nobody knows where it's coming from. Nobody knows where it's going to. You can't see the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. You can see the leaves blowing across the yard, but you cannot see the wind. God the Father allowed one man to see the Spirit. John said, I saw the Spirit. It descended from heaven like a dove, and it landed on Jesus Christ. He was justified in the Spirit. Our text says, <clears throat> 1 Timothy 3.16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, 
justified in the Spirit, seen of angels. Turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 1 says, In the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And this is a little side note. I love this. Two Marys went to the Lord's tomb. One was a harlot. One was his mother. And the scripture says one of them, Mary Magdalene, was there. And the other Mary. She was there too. Verse 2 says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning in his raiment white as snow, and for fear of him the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples to The angels were sent on a mission. Commandment was given. And they did fly swiftly. And they landed on the earth great earthquake. And they said, we rolled back the stone from the door of that tomb. And inside was the Lord of glory standing there. And we physically watched Him walk out of that tomb. We were the first to witness His accomplishment. He didn't just walk out and nobody saw it. He was seen of angels. It's without controversy. Did he rise from the grave? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our text says, 1 Timothy 3.16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Our God is called the God of Israel. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the King of the Jews. But our Lord is good. He's good. His mercy endureth to all generations. Out of every tribe, kindred, and tongue. He's chosen a people that no man can number. And Paul said in Romans, He is not a Jew which is one outwardly, Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew 
which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. It's a work of the Spirit of God on a person. And not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Thanks be to God, He was preached unto the Gentiles. That's us. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Thanks be to God, He was preached unto the Gentiles. Must a person hear preaching to be saved? Yes. I've told you, you know, I don't have much to say. I've told you already about being invited to those all-song services, you know, worship services. These Christian rock concerts. I have these students who come in, their parents come in. It was amazing. 4,000 were saved at this rock concert. No big one. There was no preaching. And if there was, I doubt they preached the Word. But there was no preaching. It pleased God by the foolishness foolishness of preaching. A man cannot go meditate by himself on a hill and find out God. It just cannot happen. Uh, I've heard people say, I don't see why I can't just read my Bible at home. Study at home. Worship God that way. Why do I have to go to a place where everybody else is meeting? Well, there's two reasons. The first one is, The Lord did not say where one person is gathered by Himself, I'm there. He didn't say that. Two or three. Two or three. And He said, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. It's going to come in right here. Literally. And um, when you're by yourself, you're not hearing anything. You can't hear anything. Somebody might say, well, the thief on the cross, he didn't attend the worship service. He never heard any preaching. Yeah, he heard preaching all right. He heard the Word of God from the mouth of God. That's a, a apostle criteria. Romans 10. Let's turn over there. We know this one, but let's turn over there. Romans 10. <clears throat> Uh, Romans 10 verse 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are you going to call on somebody who you don't even believe in? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? If you've never heard of it, how are you going to believe in it? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Oh, and how shall He preach except He be sent? 
What is he to preach? Anything? Paul said, I'm determined to know nothing except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. That's it. That is the method the Lord has chosen to call out and save His people. Well, our text says, 1 Timothy 3.16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. What is it to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Really, what is it to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? First, it's to know Him. It's to know Him. Now, how could any man know Him except He reveal Himself? But it's to know Him. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I know Him. It is a personal relationship. I know whom I have believed. I know Him. Because He knows me. That's the only reason I know Him. And it's to trust Him. He has revealed Himself and proven Himself to me, and I trust Him. I trust Him. I don't trust me. I trust Him. Whatever He does with me, I trust Him. If it's not going the way I think it ought to be going, by God's grace, I trust Him. It's hard to trust somebody you don't know. He must be revealed to a person. It's to know Him. It's to trust Him. It's to deny ourselves and confess Him. Completely and confess Him and acknowledge Him as our only hope of salvation. He's it. Christ is all. That's it. That's it. Ephesians says, By grace are you saved through faith. That's believing. You're saved through believing. And that is not of yourself. Even that is a present to you. That's a gift of God. Believing. There is going to come a day when every single person will believe. Every single person is going to believe. Every single knee will bow, whether it wants to or not. Every single tongue will confess whether it wants to or not. Jesus Christ is Lord. There's going to come a day, that day, but it'll be too late. It's going to be too late. Salvation is believing on Him in the world. In this world. In this lifetime. Today is the day of salvation. He was believed on in the world. Well, our text says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. I want to look at four Scriptures now close. John 14. John chapter 14. 
Verse 1 says, the Lord says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, if I go, if you see me go, if I don't go, then there's no problem. But if you see me go, if I leave, and prepare a place for you, then I will come again. If I go, I'll come back. I will come again and receive you unto Myself that where I am, there you may be also. Alright, now turn to John chapter 16. John 16, verse 16, the Lord said, A little while and you shall not see Me. In just a little while you're not going to see Me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me. And because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. This is a mystery of godliness. What is he saying? Verse 19 says, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask Him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and you shall not see Me and again a little while and you shall see Me? Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament because I'm leaving. But the world shall rejoice and you shall be sorrowful but your sorrow is going to be turned into joy. 21 says, A woman when she is in travail hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish or the joy that a man is born into the world. And you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man is going to take it from you. If I ever get a little joy in my life, some man takes it from me, and usually it's this man. And one of these days, he said, I'm coming back. And when you see me come back, you're going to be so happy. You're going to experience such joy, and nobody's ever going to take it from you. That feeling of euphoria, whatever word you want to use, is never going to go away. That heart burn within us, never going to cease. Ever. Luke 24. Luke 24 verse 44 says, And the Lord said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the Psalms concerning me. 
Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And He led them out as far as to Bethany, and He lifted up His hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while He blessed them, He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 1 says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after that He through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen. Verse 9 says, And when the Lord had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up. And a cloud received Him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. He's coming back exactly the same way He went up. They saw Him go. He said, if I go, I'll come back. Is the world going to end? Well, you know, we've calculated that this comet is going to collide with the earth in 40 billion years. No, it's not. The earth is not going to end because of a comet or an asteroid or any other accident. The earth is going to end because Jesus Christ is coming back. This is what's going to happen. The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let's comfort one another with these words. This is all without controversy. It's going to happen. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the Spirit. Perfect. Sinless. Holy. He was seen of angels. 
They watched him rise from the dead, walk out of his grave. He was preached unto the Gentiles. Thanks be to God. He was believed on in the world. Thanks be to God. And he was received up in glory. Thanks be to God. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen.